Welcome. Today we are going to be looking at the seven schools of study. See, this is a leadership table, and we are here because uh, we want to cultivate this uh, our leadership abilities. Because leadership is the skill of influence, nothing more, nothing less. And every man, woman, and child has influence. But the question is, are we using that influence to lead others to Christ? So, leaders are learners. Leaders are what? Learners. Learners. So we're here today to learn about leadership, and we're going to be looking specifically. There are seven schools of study that will that we can learn from that will provide us some incredible insight in our leadership journey. We're going to be uh, looking at these these seven. The first one is uh, is the scriptures. You see. Leadership is Influence, the most influential, number one best-selling book of all times is what? The Bible. It's the Bible. So this is uh, this is the greatest leadership book that is ever written. Jesus is the most influential person ever. In, uh, in three and a half years, Jesus had made a bigger difference on the governments and the history of mankind then did Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, all of them combined. And when you look at the influence that Jesus had in this world, he is the greatest leader that we can understand from his word, these principles of influence. Can I get a volunteer to read John 17, 17 for us? Thank you. And if you got it memorized, you're welcome to say it too. Okay, it Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The greatest source of truth and understanding all stems from the scriptures. This is the first textbook. This is the full, first school of study that um, we can begin to understand these leadership principles. I encourage you to trace everything that you learn through the scripture. Be intentional with your devotions. The Bible is as much practical as it is spiritual. And there are some so much practical counsel that God has for us uh, in, in, this, in this life. So... Uh, the second school of study is is the Savior. Our Savior is uh, is our next thing. Can I get a volunteer to read John thirteen verse seventeen? I will. I'm sorry, John thirteen fifteen. Okay. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done. Amen. Amen. So. John 13, 15? Yeah, John 13, 15. I find it amazing because uh, many of the, like, all true wisdom comes from above. And you look at the greatest men of this world. And like one thing that's really interesting that I enjoy doing is find a person who uh, has really blessed you, who has made an impact in your life, and um, see who... Uh, Someone who's, who has the results that you want in life and who is doing the things that you enjoy, you can see yourself doing, and then ask the question, who was their mentor? Who trained them? Because uh, in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. And um, you look behind every great leader, there was a mentor. And I find again and again, when I ask, like, who was their mentor? And then you, you see that there's someone else who trained them. And you're like, who was their mentor? You see someone train them who is their mentor. And you just keep going up the line and you can almost always like trace it back to someone who was influenced by Christ. He was the, the mentor of mentors. And it is, um, it's incredible uh, when, when you start to do that. Um, one thing I realized too um, is, is that... Um, it, let, let's go... Turn turn your Bibles to uh, Psalms 119. We're going to go to Psalms 118 and verse 98. We can begin in, in 97. Psalms 119, 97 through 100. 97 through 99. Let's do that. Who uh, who would like to read uh, Psalms 119, 97 through 99? Common, would you like to? Uh, yes, I would like to. Okay, thank you. Okay, Psalm 1997. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. 
Thou through thy commandments hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. Than all your what? what? Teachers. Teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. Thank you. So what's really incredible about this is when you make the Savior your leader, your mentor, your guide, your counselor, your teacher, then you are able to far excel any, any uh, human mind, any human mentor that takes you under their wings. You are not limited to the people that are around you. Uh, there is there's a concept, a principle in the Word of God where... Um, that he that walks with the wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. The Bible says much about those who we spend time with. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You are the average of the top five voices that you hear the most. Think about that. Show me your company and I'll show you your character. I'll show you your, your future. I'll show me your company and I'll show you the... Uh, the a lot of the things that are taking place in our life. We are going to be um, an average of the top five voices. So I say that because when you start listening to the voice of Jesus and you spend time with the Savior, then He begins to share with you insights personally in His Word. He gives you direction and clarity and focus that no, that can't compare to any other human source. This is the greatest teacher this world has ever known. He will teach you how to influence others. And it's only as you connect with Christ that your influence could do any good in this world. Mm -hmm. This is the secret of our success. It's going to be in proportion to our obedience to Christ and our time spent with Him. So that's, that's another one. Um, another, uh, the third school of study is... Science. Now, what does the Bible say about science? Turn with me to, to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 4 and then 17. Daniel 1, 4, 17. Can I get another volunteer to read this? Daniel 1, verse 4. Okay. Yep. Daniel chapter 1, verse 4 and verse 17. Chapter 1. Did I see a hand in the back? No, no, I'll do it. Okay. Um, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. As so these, uh, these Hebrews were, these Judean boys were being brought into captivity, and the king of the planet at that time, the, the then known world, the monarch of, of, of the earth, the largest kingdom in, in, his, in, that, in that time period, was bringing in these young men, and he was bringing in those who understood science, those who understood, the, who had learning and understanding these things, so that they could teach them. But where did they get their instruction and their understanding of science from? Can you read verse 17? Sure. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Amen. That's right. God. So, the Bible talks about true science. Now, there's, a, there's often like this, um, to many it sounds like a dichotomy or like two opposites. That It's like science versus scripture. But in reality, all true science could be understood through the word of God. And um, science is really something that I want to help explain in this leadership table. And uh, I want to go into more detail because there are some incredible things and a new way to look at science that I'll submit to you um, in a few minutes. But let's continue. So there's true science comes from where? God. From God. Now, and it's going to be in harmony with what? The scriptures. The scriptures. That's right. So a fourth place, a school of study is stories. Now, when I say stories, am I talking about the little uh, Cinderella stories or, or the fairy tales? No. no. Definitely not. Now, what is another name for stories? Turn with me to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. What does the Bible say about stories? 
Revelation 12, 11. This is another powerful thing that I want to go more into. This, this is life-changing. When you understand the connection the stories have with every single... Um, our entire like body, our mind is all wired around stories. We filter the world, world through the stories that we hear and, and uh, we experience. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Amen. Amen. So how do we overcome Satan? <clears throat> By the word of our testimony. By the word of our uh, testimony, the blood of the Lamb. So testimony and stories are, are connected. In, in, in my understanding, they're, they're the same thing. So um, when, you, when you understand this, you realize that the Bible is truly just a collection of testimonies. It is the Old and New Testaments. They're all just a series of these stories, and story in some people's mind means that it's fiction, but that's not true. There's a lot of stories. Uh, that is one side. There are those sensational stories that takes away from your relish of God's Word, but then there's sincere stories in God's Word, these stories of truth. That's what I'm referring to here. Uh, not the, not, not the uh, sensational stories, but the... Otherwise, so um, stories help you to to see possibilities. Stories help you to real testimonies help you to realize that if someone else could do it, so could I. So stories lift our limits. They challenge our beliefs and they help us to uh, see things bigger and more possibilities than we ever thought possible. When we can see the example of people who've gone before us. That's why your testimony matters and your life matters. What you practice in private, God, God will reward you publicly and, and it will be seen. The things that you do on a daily basis because you're being watched. And as leaders, we need to recognize that every day we are writing the pages of the story of our lives and what, what we got to be aware of what story do we want to tell, what what example do we want to give? People are following your example, whether you realize it or not. And as leaders, we need to come to grips with that and, rec and be intentional with the testimonies we say, the stories we say. And this is, a, this is a method of learning, a school of study, if you will. So the, the fifth school of study, this is a powerful one. This is great for memory. That is, that is sacred song. Sacred song is, is uh, the fifth school of study. Can I get a volunteer to read Colossians 3.16? Colossians 3.16. Thank you. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Thank you. So what are, um, what are the songs supposed to be doing to us? Teaching and admonishing one another. Teaching and admonishing. So if you that verse in that way. Yeah. If you want to learn leadership, then recognize the, that there are sacred songs that will teach you how to influence others. I'll give you a quick example. One of the most, think about what is the most uh, viral, the most widespread and popular hymn in the world, most universally recognized? Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. Why was Amazing Grace so viral and resonates so much with its hearers? Because Amazing Grace is a masterpiece of storytelling, of proper testimonies. It could resonate with people on a very deep level, and it's a song that pierces the heart. And when you, when you look at character and influence, leadership development is character development. Leadership development is developing who you are in Christ and what two things combine make up the moral character your thoughts and your feelings so when you are dealing with influencing others you're influencing character you're influencing their thoughts and their feelings but 
The first thing that I realized, what leadership development has done for me, and I've been seeing it more and more lately, is um, learning how to influence has most importantly helped me to learn how to influence myself. I've been gaining victories in my life in areas that I haven't had for like 14 years. I've been learning how to consistently make progress and, and have that momentum in life where it's like, this is incredible. Uh, something that I've, I've like never experienced before, but influence, I believe, is, is the number one most important skill that we can learn in order to accomplish and to live the calling that God has in our life. Because influence is the difference of whether I can influence my hand to eat the, the chocolate cake or to not eat the chocolate cake. It, it could be the difference between, excuse me, sorry about that. It could be the difference between uh, whether we are fit or fat. It could be the difference between whether our loved one or our daughter, uh, whether the drug dealer has more influence with their daughter or we do. Influence is what makes a difference between every decision. So learning how to influence ourselves, our thoughts and our feelings, both of them combined make up the moral character. So it's good that you're here learning about leadership because it'll help you to master your emotions, to, to control your, direct your thoughts and your focus um, in, in these different areas. And if you, can master, if you can influence yourselves, then you are prepared to influence others. But again, it's the influence that Christ has through you that really sanctifies the, uh, the influence you have on others. So sacred song is powerful because it has words that influence your thoughts and it has music that influences your emotions. <coughs> sacred song is a lesson, is a school of study. Sacred song is a, uh, is a powerful way to learn and to change character and to develop influence. So just, just uh, consider what you're listening to and who is influencing you through those, those, uh, right, those music. Um, and then six, the sixth school of study is service. I really like this one. Can I get another volunteer to read Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 14? Yep, it could be people on Discord. You're welcome to unmute yourself, and I could see you all now, so um, I could call on you if you unmute yourself. Sister Diana, would you like to read Hebrews 5.14? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Hebrews 5.14 says, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Thank you for asking me to read that because that was part of my Bible study today. Oh, that's neat. You raised the leg. What does that verse mean to you? Hmm. Um, well, the part that he's teaching me about is people not knowing the difference between good and evil. And the, my study is all about good and evil. And the, so mine kind of is not necessarily with the leadership, but um, what the scripture means to me is as we grow and as we study, we're able to take on more meat, stronger meat for that will help us to be. Um, the meat is for people that are aged in the Lord. They're, they're growing in the Lord. You can add more meat to them because you can't give a baby meat because you'll, you'll choke them to death. So you need to be growing so you become nourished and you can grow to be healthy in Christ be a healthy Christian. Absolutely. Amen. And, um, and a way that, that leadership is connected with the good and evil is that as leaders, this is exactly what our work is. Leadership at its core is seeing a desired outcome, some future outcome or aim, and then it is, it is influencing the attention of others to go towards that common aim or desired outcome. And that outcome could be for good or it could be for evil. And as leaders, we need to cultivate the discernment. We need to be strong in recognizing whether it's good or whether it's evil. Because what, regardless, every man, woman, and child has influence. But if you are not intentional about using your influence for good, the natural response 
Well, you will be a bad influence leading towards evil. That's our natural bends. So we, this is another reason why it's so important that we master the skill of influence and that we understand how we are influenced for good or for evil because more, the more influence you have, the more you're able to do for good in the lives of others. But equally, the more influence you have, the more evil that you could do in the lives of others. This is why it's so important to sanctify ourselves to the Savior and spend time with Him through his, the Scriptures and um, why we're, we're doing that. But one thing I want to emphasize here is how is our discernment strengthened? By use of exercise. Yeah, by reason of use and exercise. If you don't use it, you what? Lose it. Lose it. So if you want to develop influence, if you want to study, you want to learn something, you have to serve. You got to put it to practice. You got to you got to apply that with other people. And as you practice with them, as you serve them, <coughs> leaders are servants. A lot of times we get this false idea that leadership is, is people serving us. But in the truest sense, leadership is serving others at the mm -hmm. highest level. The only true form of leadership is servant leadership. So service is one of the best ways to learn. If you want to grow... You want to develop your talents for Christ, dedicate your talents to the service of Christ. And as you dedicate your talents to His service, you will grow, you will develop, He will, he will cultivate you. You will learn more from actively doing than you ever would from a class. And that might look like taking someone under your wing and mentoring them and helping them to learn what you've been learning. And sometimes we feel like, oh, no, I'm still figuring this stuff out. I don't have anything to share. But friends, if you understand fourth grade math, you can teach third graders how to do third grade math. <laughs> you don't have to be a, uh, a mathematician professor over in university in order to teach third graders. You could be a third grader teaching second graders second grade math. And... Um, and, and, and truth be told, when I was 12, I taught my, my fellow classmates how to do math. It's as simple as, and it's not when you learn, then you'll teach others. It's as you learn, you can teach others. And that service, you will, you will grow. You will, when you take as many people along with you as you can, and you see the need, and you supply it, that you're going you're gonna to grow tremendously uh, under those conditions. Now, the next thing that we have is um, we have the number seven, the seventh school of study. Sharing. Sharing is the seventh school of study. Can I get a volunteer to read Luke chapter 6 and verse 38? Sharing is a basic human need. It's something that God has put in all of us. Sister Theodora, can you read Luke 6, 38 for us? Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So, if you... And this is a lesson that I learned from Pastor Smith originally in 2016. You really impressed this upon my mind as... That if you want more of something, take what you have and give it away. When, you, when you're connected to the gift giver, then you never run out. By sharing something, that is the secret to having more. It's the secret to abundance is sharing. So if you want to learn, the best way to learn is to teach. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. So rather than hoarding all that, God doesn't... God doesn't develop your influence. God doesn't develop your talents or develop your, your character, your knowledge of truth and understanding so that you can hoard it to yourself. God teaches you so you can share. 
so that you can be a channel of blessings to the world so that other people can draw closer to Him as a result of your efforts. So these are, um, if, if you really get that one thing, this is, this is the law of imparting. It is fun, it's just cause and effect. When you share, you will learn. I recognize that I will not learn until I share. So these are the seven schools of study. As you can see them in short, we have the first school of study is what? Scripture. Scripture. And then the second school of study is what? Savior. The Savior. And the third school of study? Science. Science. And the fourth? Stories. Stories. And the fifth? Sacred song. And the sixth? Service. And the seventh? Sharing. Sharing. This is pretty simple. The seven S's. These are the seven schools of study. Um, that when you, when you recognize these, you could see which one have you, um, which of these schools have you been absenting yourself from? Have you been absent in any of these? Or are there some that you are weaker at than others? I, my encouragement to you is to cultivate that and, and spend a little time to understand it a little more. And, um, and God will teach you things that will far excel uh, you will, uh, the te- even the teachers around you. And it is my joy, my desire, my aim, is that my students could, could excel so much further than I ever could have because they have a better foundation. I want to see others to succeed. And, um, and that's why I, I believe these seven schools will help us to get there. But today I want to go a little bit more into science. Uh, because I've been seeing science in a way that I've never seen before. Um, and, and honestly, you could do a whole, an entire um, school of study just on, on one of these. You can do a whole three-day event on any one of those and, and never run out of things to talk about. But um, let, let's go take a look at science. Now, what is science? According to uh, dictionary.com, Science is defined, get this, this is so interesting. Science is defined as any branch of knowledge or study dealing with a body of facts or truths systematically arranged. How are they arranged? Systematically. Systematically arranged and showing the operation of general laws. Hmm. That's interesting. So in other words, science is simply a subject that a subject or knowledge that is organized by systems and it is showing their relation to laws <laughs> this this is really amazing so the the science is showing cause and effect with the laws it's just when you obey the law, there's an effect. There's a result that happens. And the systems is literally, it's a step-by-step. Step. It's taking a subject, showing you step-by-step step exactly how to, um, how these results and are produced throughout science. So it, um, and science is simply, simply the studying of a subject systematically. And, and um, like for instance, when you look at what? No, I just think of all the S's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the S's help, help, help us to, uh, to remember them, hopefully. So th- think about a zoologist. Um, ha- have, have you ever been to a zoo before? How many have been to a zoo before? Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. So what do you see at the zoo? Animals. Animals. <laughs> so what do you think a zoologist is? Studies animals. Yeah, it's a scientist that studies animals. So what about uh, biologists? What does bio, bio mean? Life. It means life. So a biologist is a scientist who studies life. Mm-hmm. So when you understand that science is, is just taking a subject, understanding it systematically and the laws that are governing that subject, then this could apply to anything in your life, personally, practically. This could be... Um, this could be um, well, one thing that's amazing is there was a man his name um, he had a uh, he was a very influential individual he was servicing 
uh, the president of the United States and CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. Like, uh, and when they would get sick, when these people would get sick, they'd go to this man in the uh, 1800s, and his name was Kellogg. Mm -hmm. Kellogg studied science very differently than the other health uh, professionals of his day. What he would do is he wasn't afraid to study the current research of the day, but what he did is he took the science, the latest research, and he filtered it through the scriptures. He, he took all science and compared it to the Savior. And he realized, it, it's like that verse that we saw in, in Psalms 119, um, uh, 99, where it was saying that uh, you've made me wiser than all my teachers because my testimonies are my meditation. So he... Um, so all these contemporary scientists and people are studying the human body and how it works and health. He would take the latest research. He was living in a day when if you had asthma, what they would prescribe to you tobacco, mm -hmm. smoke. Could you imagine getting a cigarette like subscribed to you when you got asthma? I had asthma when I was 12. I was I was overweight. I was 210 pounds, borderline diabetic. I huffed. I puffed. And I couldn't imagine a doctor being like, here, smoke this cigarette because it'll help your asthma. Like that was just, that was what modern science had um, suggested in, in his day. But what he did is he searched through the scriptures and he saw how when God created all things, he said it was good. And God created only good things and these noxious weeds like tobacco. In the scriptures, the question was asked in the parable of the wheat, the, uh, the wheat and tares, that is like, where did the tares come from? Where did the weeds, where did these noxious plants come from? If you only sowed the good seed, then where did these tares? And Jesus said, an enemy hath done this. So God created all things good, but Satan has perverted it. And he realized that we are the temple of God, and the temple of God is holy. And if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Tobacco is a filthy practice, and it defiles and destroys the temple that God has given us. So, as a Christian scientist, he was studying the laws of God and nature, and he would trace through the scriptures, he realized, okay, because the word of God condemns the tobacco use. I know that that science is... A different kind of science. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20. You see, there's two types of sciences. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 20. Kathy, can you read this for us? Be happy to. O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babbling and opposition of science falsely so called yes so we have true science versus false science and what he realized is the science that taught to go contrary to the word of God is science falsely so called it's unworthy of the name science it's not true science it's a perversion of the name that's not education but that's what the physicians were being taught of modern science. So, in reality, the Christian alone can rightly understand true science. And it is only as we relate this to the Word of God that we can, we can navigate. So what he did is he took what the Word of God said, and then he, as it condemned tobacco use, he'd go through the scientific articles, and he'd look through the the clinical studies and the research, the latest research, and see what are all the science that shows that um, tobacco is harmful. And he, that's the research that he studied. And he conducted research that was based in harmony of the Word of God. It sprang forth from the Bible. So that allowed him to wade through the mass of error and confusion that's going on. Is this making sense? So I used to, yeah, you want to share something? Oh, no, go ahead and share first. I, I, used to, um, I used to be afraid of studying science because I'd read in science and I'd see how um, it, it's confusing because in one area it says that alcohol is good for the heart and then 
and, and that, like wine, we should drink a glass of wine at, at night to strengthen our heart. And then you see other studies saying that well, no, wine destroys your liver and it causes harm and it, it, it throws off the regulation of your, your, uh, your mind and, and you shouldn't do alcohol. I'm like, man, there's just so much competing, uh, conflicting evidences and they're all saying evidence, but they can't both be true. So how do you navigate science? It wasn't until I began to realize, wait, 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 we can listen to science, we can consider it, but it, won't, it has to be compared to the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. First Thessalonians 5.21 So prove all things. What does all things mean? Everything. Everything. So, and, and what I want you to see is, is a science can be applied to any subject. What kind of subject? Any subject. All things. So that could be the science of cooking. That could be the science of communication. That could be the science of, of singing. Mm-hmm. There's a step-by-step. It could be the science of achievement. There is a science to achievement. You follow the step and you'll get a consistent result. But it has it's to be compared. Laws, right? Yeah, they're laws. It's laws of cause and effect. And if we would do well to study the universal laws of God that govern all of our results. And, and become practical scientists on the subjects that are going to help you to live your calling, to move forward with the calling that God has, has for you in your life. Uh, Pastor Smith, do you want to say something? Um, the idea of true and false science is, is affecting our, our daily lives right now. Um, I just traveled probably about 10,000 miles in the last month. And false science has people going crazy. I mean, um, viruses are about 10 microns big. The mask, the hole in a mask, is 100 microns. So wearing a mask doesn't stop the virus from going through. And plastic shields doesn't stop wind, which carries viruses which are upon moisture that are in, you know, that are carried through the air from going around. You know, the wind goes around trees, the wind goes around houses, the wind, the wind moves. But people are so convinced of false science that if you don't go along with them, and you try to share with them this makes no sense, then they brand you as a heretic. It really is that, you know, it's, it becomes a religious thing because mm-hmm. false science turns into a religion. And so it's very interesting to me that when you study the scriptures and you compare all things, you prove all things, that it makes you wiser than all your enemies, as we read in the scriptures earlier. And not that you want them to be your enemies, but they're opposed to true science, which is how nature works, mm-hmm. the laws and operations of things. And, it's, and it is, um, uh, you know, it's the other thing. It's like false science. Like people watch these um, science fiction movies or they, they, they play these games, you know, and they, and they train themselves to think that you can do certain <coughs> things that are unscientific or they actually have things that are unscientific in these movies and people believe that they're possible because of false science. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they try to, false science always fudges the work. They always try to like rub out the gray area, you know, to try to, try to say, well, you know, and you know, and, and so, and it's possible, but it's not possible. That's right, that's so true. And we gotta be careful with this false science. And uh, thank you, thank you for the input. That's so true. I I want to bring this home to a very practical level as we are wrapping these things up. I I want you to understand when you understand that science is any subject of that is systematically organized and it's seeing the relation of laws in relation to that subject, then you could you could understand that any desire any outcome that you want in life. Anything that you, any fruit, any anything that you desire, there are laws that are governing those results that you can have. For instance, there is. Um, I mean, I mean, we we hear um, science. Uh, how how? What is your greatest desire in life? What is the one thing your biggest dream that you want to do, and you just like? There's nothing more that would satisfy you. 
Yes? I want to be 144,000. I want to be 144,000. It's good. What else? And, and, um, you guys can share. <laughs> let, let, me, let me phrase it this way. What is the number one greatest promise and desire of a Christian? See the face of Jesus. See the face of Jesus? When? In heaven. In heaven. So, to go to heaven, to be saved, salvation, this whole plan that God is working out is a plan of salvation. And that's, that's essentially what Bob was saying too, is that salvation is what, uh, what we are promised and we are seeking for. We want to be saved from our sins. So, um, did you know that there is a science of salvation? Mm-hmm. The science of salvation. That there, yes, there is a science of salvation. There's a step. There are steps to Christ. There are thirteen steps to Christ. There's a book written on it. It was a beautiful book. And uh, if you Google it, it's free online. It's really powerful. Audiobooks on YouTube. But there's a science of salvation. You follow the steps, you'll get the consistent results. God gives conditions. It's cause and effect. And then. Um, what, what about prayer? There's, like, I know many times I've desired a stronger prayer life. I've desired to understand how this works. I, I wanted faith, but I didn't, I felt like I didn't have the faith that I needed in order to, to pray, and it really affected so many areas of my life. But did you know there's a science to prayer? Mm-hmm. There's a science to prayer and faith. And when you understand that science, you will have faith as long as you follow the laws. When you obey the laws, it's literally cause and effect. Mm -hmm. So there is a a science to uh, communicating. There's a step-by-step. There are certain principles that if you apply them, people will understand. You can speak in a way that people will want to listen. You can communicate in a way that people are eager to do the things that you suggest. Mm -hmm. There's a science of influence. Did you know that? And keep in mind what what I'm sharing with you. There are studies that have been done. There has been there's been multi uh, million dollar um, organizations who have invested lots of research into how the mind works and how these different results are, are being governed. And they found some observations. And there are some scientific conclusions that they came through that, and, and I'm suggesting to you that you take any subject that matters most to your life, whether that could be a season of life and your age, if you're in an age where you're younger, an age where you're um, older, um, what is the phase that you, what you should focus on? There's a science to focus. There's a science to, whether it's starting a business, starting a ministry, starting um, some sort of company or there's a science to whatever position that you're in. There's a step-by-step system for consistently doing that. Like what we're doing is we're in the education space, online education, online courses. We're doing events. We are influencing people online through video. There's a science to modern publishing. And there is step-by-step processes that help us to understand how to leverage these different tools that are available to us so that we can influence the specific people we're looking to influence. And these systems already exist. The matter is, you can search out these systems, you can look for those systems, but all science, all true science, needs to be traced through what? The scriptures. The scriptures. So if they, to launch the testimony, if they speak not in accordance to this word, it's because there's no light in them. It's a false science. But that doesn't mean we should be afraid to study the sciences and step-by-steps or the laws or, or the conclusion observations. It just means that when you see where it's some scientific uh, person or someone who studied that topic and um, starts to deviate from the scriptures, you know because you're being intentional with your devotions and you're flooding your minds with the Word of God says on that subject, then it is a safeguard so you don't fall into the wrong steps. Because there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The only guide and safety is in the scriptures. But I want to encourage you that there are some systems that already exist 
that if you understand these systems, it is life-changing. And one of the things that teaches systems that I've really enjoyed, there are, um, I'll say courses. There's some online courses. What's really powerful about a course is they teach a subject. A course is selling a result, an outcome. And they're showing you step-by-step step what you need to do just in time learning in order to produce a consistent result. And the thing about courses is people dedicate their entire lives or they dedicate, they have decades of experience, trial and error, figuring out and fine-tuning the system that they have to consistently do the same thing. And then they just package it into a program that allows you to know exactly the steps and when you purchase online courses, you're buying your time back at a discount. And it makes it so, it is faster to do it. When you, I've searched online, and did you <coughs> notice how when I talked about these seven schools of study, how YouTube was not on here? Or how, how Google wasn't one of these seven schools? There, there's a lot of things you can find for free online. But free information, I believe, is worth every penny. <laughs> free information is worth every penny when you start paying for information in these courses these coaches these these programs these information products these people that have because they're being paid they can dedicate the time the resources <laughs> the attention and the focus on helping you to consistently get results helping their students to flourish in the direction they're going but uh, when you're just going online, like anyone and their, and their son and their, their five-year-old child could post a video telling you, here are the steps to get to do something I've never done. The credibility factor is not there and everybody has a different system. And that's not what you want to do. You want to look who has the results, the highest level results that you want in life, who can consistently get that, and figure out what is their system, what is their process, the the, the best educators and communicators, they're teaching from, from systems. They're teaching you systems in their podcasts, in their courses, in their, in their live events, in their seminars. These are the areas that whatever subject that you need, whatever skill you need, whatever result that you <coughs> desire in life that God is calling you towards to help you live your calling, there is a course, there is a system, and there are experts who are explaining how to do that consistently and I've been realizing like these these trainings is incredible when you combine it with intentional devotions and I realized out of all the systems that I've ever learned um, the number one system that has been the most impactful in my life that I believe has laid at the foundation of everything that I do that has made the biggest difference in my life is it is a system for, hmm, it's a system for devotions uh, for studying the Bible learning how to study the Bible was probably among is is I'd say among the greatest decision that I've ever made in my life and intentional devotions, documenting my devotions, sharing my devotions. This has laid at the foundation. Truly, a lot of these things you're going to struggle with until you understand first how to get direction from God, how to study the Word of God in your devotions and be intentional with that and search this subject. So recognizing that this is a system of systems that would help the most out of everything to keep you focused, to keep you on the straight and narrow and having that direction from the Lord. What we did is we decided to start here in our training and our online programs. We put together this Direction from God course, uh, this, uh, this web class that teaches people exactly how to study any subject through the scriptures, whatever problem you're facing, whatever question you have. You can look at the biggest, most difficult, most painful thing in your life right now and trace it through the scriptures and the Savior has the solutions. But we can show you how you can find the most relevant things from God's Word and your devotions become irresistibly interesting. You have a hard time putting them down. 
You're not just aimlessly wandering the scriptures without any definite aim or intention or, or direction, but you have a very systematic step-by-step approach that has been fine-tuned over the period of like eight years and over 10,000 hours of studying and, and, and fine-tuning and perfecting this. And, and it's, we've been able to focus on being able to give you exactly <coughs> the systems and the laws of Bible study that the Word of God wants to adopt that helps you to find that direction and understand that. So when you go through that system, it helps you tremendously. We put together a free course, um, a free web class that you can join, um, and you can find out more information on that. All you have to do is go to directionfromgod.com directionfromgod.com and you will be able to uh, get more information on how you can you can apply these seven schools of study in your in your daily life and incorporate it and be able to grow and to develop and whatever subject whatever results whatever calling that God has on your life you can live your calling successfully when you master these seven schools of study and if you enjoy this then I encourage you to to um, check out the, the web class for directionfromgod.com. There's going to be a lot more information on there, um, practical, tangible steps that you can immediately apply to your life. Um, so if, um, if it's your desire that you want to understand how to study the scriptures, you want to understand the, uh, the seven schools of study and incorporate them into your daily learning, and, or at least learn more about them, then I encourage you to uh, close with me for a word of prayer. Dear Father in Heaven, thank you very much for this privilege, this joy that we have to be able to develop at our, the skill of influence and to understand what are the areas that we can learn because leaders are learners and uh, influence is, is the number one most important skill that we can learn how to influence ourselves, how to be influenced by you, and how to impart that influence to others. So it could be a savor of life, not just a life which is now, but even the life hereafter, the life for eternity. Father, we pray that you will show us how we can, we can study these subjects, we can understand from your word and find direction and clarity and guidance. We thank you for the privilege to come together, that we're all here um, on this journey with one another. We pray for your guidance and for those <coughs> Who are, who are joining us online. We pray that you'll be with them in a very special manner. We thank you, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you very much for watching. I hope that this, uh, this video shed more light on your walk with God. And again, if you, like, if, if you want to know more about how to be systematic in the study of the scriptures, go to directionforgod.com and uh, you can find out more information. Share this video with others because who do you know that is um, in need of understanding these seven schools of study who, can, who, who has a desire to be more, to give more, to do more, and, and let them know and uh, share it with, with others. So I want to encourage you um, that, uh, and I thank you so much for your time. And remember that God doesn't call the qualified, He qualifies the called.